three. Good morning, good afternoon. This is Manchester is Burning on January the 24th on Sunday, 2021. Technically, it is the 24th day of January of 2021. Now, everyone was somehow weirdly celebrating the 21st day of January of 2021. It was just 21, 1, 21, whatever. I don't know what y'all were doing, but maybe you need to have more time on your hands than you needed to. We are here for actually an instant match reaction. Not, it's not a not-so-instant reaction like 8, 10, 26 hours later. It is an instant reaction. Manchester United women to Birmingham zero. Again, our regular contributor to the Manchester United or for Manchester United women, Adam Bateman, is here again for round number three. And uh, he is gracing us with his presence this afternoon live from Northwest England here for, and we're going to banter. I know we're going to argue, Adam, about this match that we had here um, with the women here, but uh, we'll, we'll, we'll go ahead and make try to start off on the easy foot here. So, Adam, 2-0. United now go back up on the table for now. Three points up, first place. They win 2-0 at home against Birmingham. Now, what was your, what's your take? What's your reaction to that performance by the United women today? I must say, I'm delighted to get the 2-0, put that way. Points on the board is always terrific, and I'll never turn down three points at all, ever. However, in terms of the performance, a lot less, a lot needs to be desired, especially the first half. We were, I thought we were slow, clumsy in possession, and gave the ball away far too often. Yes, Birmingham packed the box, but we created absolutely nothing of any substance whatsoever. I thought the passing of the fight was all right having possession of the ball, but mm -hmm. you've got to do something with it. It's no point having possession for possession's sake. You've got to try and you know try and attack their goal. And we very rarely did that. And to go in nil-nil at half time. If I was Casey, I would be I would have been extremely disappointed about what we were doing. Thankfully, we got the early goal of the second half by Leah Galton, but then we seemed to drop off again. We hardly created anything <laughs> up until the second goal from Ella Toon. I mean, I think we had one shot from um, Ella, another one from Ella Toon, another one from Leah Galton that Hannah saved in the first half. But it was in terms of actual shots to trouble Hannah Hampton, the goalkeeper. It was very few and far between. I thought our set-piece deliveries was poor on the day, our corners. I mean, the free kicks we did have, we floated them in. And the, Hannah Hampton, the goalkeeper from Birmingham, caught them relatively easily. I know she barged over a couple of her defenders for one of them. But it was there was just nothing there today. There was no spark. And probably it's one of those games where you kind of need the fans to get the team to mm -hmm. kick on. Unfortunately, you know, COVID and all that. Not possible, but I just think overall it was a very flat performance. So one of the games where it's better to come away with the win than not, obviously, but it's something we definitely need to work on for the next game against Everton if that goes ahead. <laughs> Always a question about that in these days. Uh, and if some of y'all don't know, there are a couple of um, FAWSL matches actually today that were canceled out or postponed due to weather, it appears, uh, as well. Chelsea's match has been postponed. Arsenal's match postponed. 
Uh, that's on the women's side. We're not talking about FA Cup. Remember, y'all, this is FAWSL and we're talking about here. All right, so, I, so I'll tell you, I, I agree, Adam. I do agree that the idea is, okay, if you're going to relentlessly pursue the ball, relentlessly have possession of the ball, relentlessly keep it on their end of the defense, you relentlessly do that all match long, but then you do nothing with it. It doesn't matter if you have 75% possession and you create nothing out of it. What's the point in having the ball for 75%? So I totally agree with that. And so as I was watching that first half, and I was watching the first 25 minutes where United would get the ball, they would possess the ball, move the ball, get into the into Birmingham's defensive end, and then crash and burn, you know, do nothing with the ball. You know, just nothing, no chance creation, no shot creation, or very limited shot creation. And then I saw Birmingham get a little bit of confidence. They're like, okay, if y'all are not going to create chances, then we're going to push you a little bit. Um, and so forth. So I was watching this first half and I was like, hmm, is this about United's lack of energy, spark, et cetera, or is this Birmingham? So I did some checking. Oh, you know me, y'all, you know me. I'm going to do the objective numbers. So I went and looked at Birmingham's numbers going into the match. Number one, all right, they are one of the best in the FAWSL at limiting, let me make sure I get this right, the limiting the quality of shots that their opponents have. They're second best in the FAWSL at when your their opponents get a shot, their percentage of that shot is low. The second best in the league, and that's that's more along the lines of their defense. Now they give up one of the highest numbers of shot creating actions per 90 minutes in the FAWSL. They're one of the, actually they're being one of the worst at that, but the shots they do give up, they are not that strong. So the XG on average on a shot on target against them coming in this match was 0.27, second lowest in the league. And then, but they had the highest or worst in the league at giving up shot creating actions. However, you add on to that the fact that, that Hannah Hampton has the highest save percentage in the FAWSL by far. There's like a wide gap, 77% to 70, the second woman down. So I looked at it and I'm like, okay, Birmingham basically played their, played their game. Resolute, organized, defensively hold down United's ability to get off decent shots, which for the first half, and for actually most of the game, that's what they did, right? Oh, yeah. What do you think? I mean, is it, is it the the end end of the day, or the main question is, is there any credit that goes to Birmingham's defense and how they played their offense? That seems like what Birmingham does. Oh, very much so. They, as you say, they're very good at what they do. And they had players at the back, I think it was four or five mm-hmm. at a time, defending on their own edge of their own box. And credit to them, their idea was, obviously, not to give up any chances to our strikers or attacking players, who they knew, given a chance, would more than likely have a shot and target and score. They probably watched the Bristol City game 
and even the Chelsea game where we had a good few chances in that game. And if they knew that if, and also the game that we had against them away, if they were given up any kind of similar chances, we would have probably scored. And we, we, even the odd chances that we had on target in this match, probably about the only two that we had, realistically, apart from the one that Hannah Hampton saved from Leah Golton, we scored. And so we've got to be great credit to Birmingham. They had a game plan. They stuck to it. And that's all, the, that's all you can ask as defenders of the goalkeeper. That's all you can possibly ask. And I give them all the credit in the world for that. They know what they are. They know the level that they're at. They're not going to be a Champions League team anytime soon. The finances aren't there for them to, to get, mm-hmm. bring the players in, for them to even possibly hope to get that. So they're just in that mid, you know, aiming for a mid-table position. And with the defence, they've certainly got that. Hannah Hampton definitely pushing for an England place, no doubt about it. And so with the defenders they've got, I say fair play to them. Well done. So let's talk about then uh, on, the, on the flip side, Birmingham's offense statistically going into this match is actually one of the worst in the league as far as creating uh, goal opportunities and being able to can, well, actually they're the worst in the FAWCSL in creating goal opportunities, but they're actually one of the best in converting goal goal. Uh, opportunities. Uh, they're actually a little bit better. They're in the same round rung with uh, Manchester City and actually Chelsea in that category. Now, Manchester United actually is second in the cat in the league going into this match uh, in creating goal opportunities. And actually, no, they're fourth. And then, but United is second in the w, uh, WSL in converting those opportunities. Uh, in in the league, so but Birmingham's the offense. Going back to my main point before I go on a major numbers tangent uh, that will get me lost in some sort of Apple Google algorithm for the rest of my entire life. But my point is, is Birmingham's offense is one of the lowest in the league in creating opportunities. But again, that's their style of play. Um, so I want to talk about quick uh, with that. Um, how was you know, in your in your viewpoint? How was United's defense? against Birmingham's offense? I think we learned a lot so for the Chelsea game, where Chelsea tried to throw uh, put balls over yes. our defence. I agree with that. Tried, I definitely agree with to, that. Yes. Try to turn Absolutely. Amy and Millie, and so they had to mm-hmm. try and run on to it. Right. So I think what Amy and Millie did was took a few steps back, which they should have done the Chelsea match set the second goal. And so they had the time and the composure to try and stop that from happening. I know Boom got in, Boom got in a few times but they didn't really test Mary, thankfully. There was one, mm-hmm. one or two crosses, but that was about it, really. But when on the attack, I think we learned a lot from the Chelsea goal that Fran Kirby scored past us and probably trained on that in midweek in preparation for Birmingham doing what they, doing what they did. And I say great credit to Amy, Casey and Millie in that respect and sorting out the issues that we had defensively. Yeah, I mean, you saw that Birmingham tried it. They tried they tried to get some long balls, uh, you know, down there, and it didn't work. Uh, and I think it's with a combination of like they just don't have the quality on offense to pull it off. But also, they the United defense, uh, particularly in that back line, you were speaking of, you know, held it, you know, held it strong. They got, you know, they were able to be a little bit more resolute. They knew what was, they had a little bit of an idea what was coming, and were a little bit more prepared for it, uh, for those types of answers. And they were just snuffed out. Uh, so they really strongly limited Birmingham's chances throughout 
throughout the match. Um, next point, my next point here is the more I watch Leah Galton and Lauren James, the more impressed I get. Leah, I probably you were talking about a lack of spark, and I would agree with that too. There was a lack of spark, but I didn't see that as much from her and Lauren. I saw like a lot of activity. Uh, you know, Leah was out there, and she even I saw her. Wasn't she near the end of the match where they were trying to keep that two nil lead? She was playing back on defense. You know, you know, trying to dispossess some people and so forth. I was like, all right, that's the type of energy. What do you think of Leah's game? What do you think of Lauren's game uh, today and, and overall? I think Lauren and Leah, two fantastic players. I can't rate their performances in general any higher than it's possible to do. I think we're very fortunate to have both of them. Leah, probably the best wide player in the whole league. I know there's like Beth Mead and Frank Kuby can play out there on the wide as well and then cut in. But in terms of an actual out-and-out wide play who, whose main job is to put crosses in and dribble wide, etc., for me, there's nobody better than Leah. She's fantastic. Absolutely. And today, she did well. She scored, for me, what was a very similar-esque goal to the one she scored against Chelsea on the opening day. Yeah, absolutely. A, a cross from the left and then a tap-in on the goal line, basically. Um, and as for Lauren, another... Oh, tremendous play. I mean, we were denied her for a couple of months because of injury. Um, mm -hmm. But she's come back, scored against Chelsea, played very well today for what she did before she came off. And I, I just look forward, every time she's on the team sheet, I look forward to seeing her play. Now, the only issue with her is trying to fit her and Ella Toon in the same team. Mm -hmm. so, okay. If you're going to the same team, mm -hmm. one of them has to play out of position. Like today, I think it was Lauren playing further up as a striker, where she's not... Right. She's, at this moment in time in her career, that's uh -huh. not her best position. And so it's just kind of how do you figure that out? And plus, Christian Press as well. We didn't mm -hmm. play today. And so we've got lots of players who want to play, say, that number 10 role just behind the striker, but not too many players who want to be the out-and-out -out striker. We've got Russo, Fuso, and Jane mm -hmm. Ross, and that's about it. And so when Fuso came on, that was brilliant today. But again, mm -hmm. it was at the expense of Lauren James. So again, you're not. It's, it's all about trying to fit square pegs round holes. But in terms of overall, overall with Lauren and Leah, fantastic. I, I love watching them both play. And whenever on the team sheet. I am far more confident that if they're not playing, put it that way. I think there was a tactical change at halftime, wasn't there, Adam, where I think what they offensively, what Casey was trying to do in the second half was instruct them to, if you're going to cross it into the box, get it closer to the goal. I mean, get it closer than before um, It was a tactical change. But that ball from... James to Galton for that first goal was just utter brilliance. I mean, that was brilliant, uh, that combination. Uh, it seems that James uh, has, a, you know, a very significant skill set and a very a varied, diverse skill set and is also fairly young. Uh, so I, I see her only getting better. What, about, what do you think? Oh, yeah, we have to remember... She's 19 years of age. And if I remember yeah, rightly, right. there's four days difference between her age and Mason Greenwood with the men. 
and so you look at in a way you can kind of match them up in terms of potential and how they do for their respective first teams. Both are tremendous young players. In terms of Lauren James, especially, she's got the ability to go on the outside or the inside, the left or right foot. She can hit shots with power or placement. As you saw with the one against Chelsea, the goal there, wonderful curl to get past an international goalkeeper. We're not talking, you know, just some, you mm-hmm. know, respect Vandermeer or whatever. Right. Chelsea's goalkeeper is an absolute world-class goalkeeper. And also with the Birmingham one here, we've got a potentially England number one for the future here. Still young, but she's still very good, no doubt about it. And I thought she did what she did today. I thought she did very well. I, I just love watching her. The skills she's got the, and the confidence to run with the ball and to dribble with the ball and to have the strength mm-hmm. to hold off players as well. And sometimes that can be a major disadvantage because in this game, in the women's game, WSL, she gets so many fouls I think personally wrongly given because players bounce off her because she's got so much upper body strength mm. that the that's referee just sees them bounce off her and go on yes. the floor and think, right, that's a foul. Beep. But it shouldn't be. They mm-hmm. should carry on because just because she's strong, that should not be a disadvantage to her. That should be an advantage. Sure. But I, just, I just can't, as I say, I can't rate her high enough. The potential there. Is phenomenal. If we can harness that and find a way to use her more often, then the, honestly, the sky is the absolute limit for her. She's 19. She's been around since she was 16. It seems like she's been around forever. Mm-hmm. But she's played, she's joint top scorer all time for the club with Ella Toon. She's got the best point, uh, goals per game ratio. I just think for her, what she's achieved so far is phenomenal. And I think if we can keep her for, say, the next five, ten years, which is which is going to be scary, her stats, after we keep her fit and healthy, could be, oh, my word, could be unbelievable. And I just look forward to the future. Just honestly, I just can't praise her highly enough. She's a rising star, definitely. And I, I, I am reminded he brought up Mason Greenwood, and I did a podcast very recently concerning Mason Greenwood and his situation. Y'all can catch that. It was a very deeply personal one for me. And Mason Greenwood being 19, 19 years old himself uh, and being 19, doing 19-year-old things. Let's just be honest. And then uh, this, and also having forced into um, being more, having to be more mature because now you are under the spotlight, biggest team in England, you are now, and for Lauren, you know, she's 19 years old, as you mentioned, which is a very good point. She's going to, she's a 19 year old. And so she's going to do what 19 year olds do uh, and have a life and so forth. But also she's going to have the spotlight on her too, because you have a, a basically a burgeoning biggest club on the women's side in England, at least probably the most popular or becoming the most popular. And, um, you know, just the, the, having to kind of grow up a little bit. And when I say grow up, not in the physical sense, but more in the, in the emotional, mental sense. Um, hopefully, God forbid, she doesn't have anything in her, in her personal world as far as friends and so forth or loved ones who end up passing away or I mean, going through very difficult circumstances. But young people do sometimes go through those circumstances. So, y'all, if you want to check out the one that I did on Mason Greenwood, his brief overloss lost by suicide of one of his friends who was a, a city academy um, player 
uh, at a very young age. That's also in our podcast um, on Apple and all the other platforms. But going back to Lauren, uh, you know, it's going to be interesting to see. She's going to rack up some stats. She's going to rack up some numbers. I, I, you know, I think we both agree on that. Is to be see like, okay, as she grows up, quote unquote, grows up, you know, uh, you know, emotionally, mentally in the spotlight, how is she going to manage that? Because she's already gotten what at least one call up to the national team um, on her on her resume CV right now. Um, so that's a lot, um, you know, and the growth is going to be great. But if I think you're right, if, if United can keep her for a few more years under good tutelage uh, from other players, talented players, other older players that, that United is also building, uh, strong coach, obviously, um, that's going to work wonders. Um, but she's going to need to have the support in place as well. And I think that's there, don't you think? Oh, for sure. I mean, with Casey as the manager, who's been there for Team GB, who's been there for England, who's been through absolutely everything as a player. She, because obviously, when she was playing, there was no youth development program. There was, as we've got at the minute, with the developmental mm-hmm. side, like Oscar's daughter there and stuff. Right. But you were young enough, you played in the first team if you were good enough. So she, I think she made her debut when she was like 14, 15, Casey, if I remember rightly. And so she will know the advantages, disadvantages of playing somebody young and what and the and what you need to develop somebody to the full potential. And so personally, I don't think we could have a better coach, a better role model for not just Lauren, but any of the youngsters at the club to look up to, to take advice from. She's been there, done that. I mean, practically the only thing she's not done is won a World Cup. I mean, she's even played at the Olympics, let's not forget. Mm-hmm. So... I just think such a good role model. If you can't learn anything from Casey, you won't learn anything from anybody. Put it that way. So I personally, I'm looking forward to seeing what she can do, not just this season. And if we qualify for the Champions League next season, that's going to be another step up for her. And I think she thrives on a challenge. That's why she scored against Chelsea, because the step up was was that much good. Because sometimes I do think, say against the Bristol's, or say when we're in the championship, the teams of that level level there didn't really challenge her. And so she didn't really put in the same, same the effort mm-hmm. required. But now when she's playing the Chelsea, the Arsenal, the Man City games, and the, there are, say, as good players on the pitch, if not better than her at this stage, because she's still young, I've, I rate her so highly, but let's just remember, she's only 19. She's still develop, developing herself. And so she needs that challenge. And I think she thrives on the challenge of trying to be as good or the best player on the pitch. And for her, that that is what we need. We need more of that, more consistency from her. And as as we get that in the Champions League, in say next season, when I think more teams are bringing more and better players, say depending on what happens with the NWSL players, if there's going to be a full season over there yet, we don't know yet for sure. Um, but say for her, that's what she needs. She needs that challenge mentally and physically for her to bounce, for her to just bounce, you know, bounce her career on. And from there, I think she's going to be absolutely fantastic. That's what she needs. So going back to the, the match today, even though it was kind of, in, in your words, you know, a flat match, um, even though we, we kind of looked at the fact that, you know, Birmingham did play their, play their game. Uh, and they were somewhat effective in that, at least in the beginning. 
if you know typically we don't talk about a, a, a woman of the match or you know player of the match type of thing but if you were to give a player of the match lady of the match a woman of the match in this match for united who would you give it to probably one left field choice some may say but for me i'll probably give it to owner battle owner battle or Okay, was another one butchering the name. I know the commentators. Don't worry, we do that. This is okay. You can just we can just rename Manchester's Burning to We are going to butcher any name <laughs> possible, even if it's easy. That's what yeah, we said. The, the MUTV commentators get slaughtered for that as well. So yeah. I'm joining the club there. Well, yeah, we're going to join that club. She was great going forward. She was great at the back, and she did she did her job perf- perfectly. I I just love watching her. She's been brought in. And she's nailed that right back slot perfectly. And uh, Lucy Bronze, as soon as the Super League, she gets all the headlines, mm, best player yeah, in the world, and all that. Absolutely. But for me, Owner's come in and she's gone straight up there to the best right backs in the league. She's attackingly good, defensively good. She's just, for me, what a wonderful signing. I, I just think, for me, she. I know we brought in Christian Press and Turbid Heath this summer, oh, past summer, but mm-hmm. for me, she was, she was our best signing of the summer. Because she's we needed a solid defence at the back, and I think she's brought that in, stability, and I just absolutely can't rave about her enough. So for me, today, I'd give her my woman of the match, player of the match, whatever you want to call it, despite you know other players scoring, other players mm-hmm. assisting, etc. For me, I'd give it to Orna. Uh, I'm probably not hip enough to say this. I probably shouldn't say this because I'm a thousand years old, but you know, that was, that's a, that's a solid shout as they say. (laughs) Um, And so forth. That's a solid shout. I I was, I was not thinking of going there. I was thinking like somebody maybe on the defense who was on the defense, you know, kind of rattling my brain, but you, you pulled that name out. And I think that's a great choice. I think it's a great choice. Now on the other side, I'm sorry. I, you know, we, we got to look on, we got to look at some constructive criticism out there. You know, we got to, we got to grow. We got to grow. Everyone's got to grow. And, and, and uh, we certainly uh, on this, on this podcast, video cast, we certainly uh, break down what, what didn't go so well for on this podcast. Trust me, we, we definitely do like barking in the background and, and uh, children playing in the background, you know, like I live, I have a life ATL. That's the way it works here. But who, were there any disappointments for you as far as the you know particular players today on the United side that were disappointments that that really didn't show their stuff today? For me, I think it was more of a collective thing. I mean, if you look, if you look at the City result against Brighton today, goal seven. If you look at all the other teams, Chelsea have scored lots of goals. This is where this is where it comes down to goal difference. We're right. seriously behind both of them, and even Arsenal at the minute. And I know it's obviously points win prizes and all that, but with the season as close as it is at the top, and the, in terms of the mini league that we have between ourselves, Chelsea, and Arsenal and City, it might need it for the title. I think Chelsea might run away with it, but if, if they don't, and if there is that even just that three-way or four, just two places in the Champions League, for us at the minute, our goal scoring, despite the Bristol City result, you can take that out because everybody scores past them, with respect, our goal scoring in general has not been good enough. I know Russo's out injured. As I think if we had her, that would be a huge improvement. But it, we just don't score enough goals. I know, to, I know you can't be overly greedy and fair play to Birmingham. They've got good defence and all that. And I praise them for that. But in terms of you know, looking from ourselves and our perspective, 
And if we, if we want to achieve what we want to achieve, then we have to score goals. Um, it's, it's, it's these other games outside of this mini league that I was speaking of where we don't do enough. Right. We need to score right. more and more regularly. And this mm-hmm. is, I just don't want it to come back and haunt us at the end of the season if, if we get to the end of the season. Because we need a, need a solid goal scorer in our, in our team. We've got plenty of creators. KT, okay. Christian, okay. Tobin, if she comes back. But no out-and-out goal scorer that we can rely on week in, week out. And for me, that's where we lacked today and have done in previous games. So so you just answered my, my next question on that, which was, is it about goal chance creation or is it converting those chances into goals in your opinion the latter the latter goals actual scored i think we're brilliant at creation we've got fantastic creators katie christian tobin leah kirsty hansen so many players that can create goals create opportunities for fun with their eyes closed both hands tied behind the back but in terms of actually scoring them I just don't see it at the minute in us. I mean, I, I, I want Russo um, to come back mm-hmm. only when she's fit and healthy, but boy, do we need her or somebody in that final position in the box to score. I mean, you can create, I mean, I, I think we had 500 passes in the game today or something like that. Look at the stats, and they had like 100 or something. It just mm-hmm. shows how, how much domination of the ball we had, and yet. You can name the actual hardcore opportunities away from the goals. If you take the goals right. away, put them on side. In terms of the actual chances in the game that we had, on one hand, probably. Um, and as I say, fair play to Birmingham, all the credit in the world. But from our perspective, it's just mm-hmm. not good enough, in my mind. It's just not good enough. Ross and Fusto came on. She had one shot from distance or something that went high over the bar. And then Tooney had another chance that went high over the bar. It's just the actual shots on target percentage. And for me, that's more of a thing than just having a shot that goes over the bar. I mean, that's just for me, it's irrelevant. You might as well not bother. But we need to get more chance shots on target. And then if you have a shot on target, obviously you've got more chance of it going in. But we just don't do that on a regular basis for me, or not regular enough to test opposition goalkeepers. We need good strikers. And if Christian can play that role as a striker. She had the chance against Chelsea to score in the first half. She missed, which was disappointing. But again, we just don't test the goalkeepers regularly enough or score goals for me. That is a huge thing for me. We're not scoring enough goals. and I just don't want this to hurt us at the end of the season if it comes down to goal difference. Because if we miss out on the Champions League place, because City have scored seven past Brighton and whatever it was against Bristol's reserves, eight there. Right. And I think right. Arsenal scored nine in their game as well. And I think we scored six past Bristol, but we just don't do it on a regular enough basis. That's for me. And this is where, I mean, you know, everyone out there, you know, I love to go with, you know, the kind of how the subjective eye and the objective numbers and do they completely match up? And sometimes they do, and sometimes they don't, and sometimes, most of the time, they actually overlap. So, it's true, subjectively speaking, it's definitely true that you're not getting enough goals. I mean, if you're winning two to nothing when it really should be four, or you should be putting six past someone like City does, but only put in three or two, or dare I say one, 
the, that goal differential is going to make a huge difference in a very tight race with these four um, because you got to include, I think you still got to include Arsenal. You still got to include City um, in, in, in along with Chelsea. I still think Chelsea is the best team out there. Um, but, you know, in, in my opinion, subjectively speaking, objectively, it's kind of a different ball of wax there. But, but interestingly enough that United is... I think third in the league, as I mentioned before, the third in the league in creating goal opportunities. They are second in the league in converting them. In terms of looking at your expected goals versus actual goals, before this match, they were at plus five. Mm-hmm. Now, the fra- here's the thing is, the number one team at converting their goals from expected goals is Arsenal. Their number is plus 11. So United is at second. They're plus five. Chelsea and and City are around 2.6, 2.7 plus. Okay. So they're like a little little bit down in terms of converting those goal opportunities. But Arsenal is at plus 11 in that category. Um, you know, way above second, definitely way above the third and fourth, um, you know, in, in that particular category. And I think that's very important, uh, you know, thing to consider. Um, but it's like, I mean, you've got to be able to create those opportunities, but you got to definitely convert. I mean, and United has, from an objective standpoint, um, better than some of the other teams, but it may be the number of chances. But it's, it's interesting going forward particularly against more difficult opponents. When you start talking about going against Arsenal, going against Chelsea again, going against City again, um, how are they going to convert those opportunities? Because, for example, Manchester City has, objectively speaking, the best defense in the league. They They allow the least amount of goal opportunities of any team in the league. Um, Overall, you know, overall going into today's match, and I think that's probably... Probably that number probably improved today, uh, given the rare result. So let's jump real quick. If we still have time, <laughs> time seems to always get away from Manchester's burning. It just keeps getting away from us like a cat, you know, with, you know, who's been shaved or something or wet. Um, so that's how time happens in this this pod video cast. So I, there was a significant. We are in the transfer window. It's the same transfer window. We are in the transfer window. And for the winter, for January, Manchester United women got a significant signing this week. Tell me about it. Tell us all about it, Adam. Well, there was one in and one out. Abby McManus left us for Spurs on loan. And to replace her, we brought in, here we go again, Maria Thordichstor. From Chelsea, another. Oh my God! Back. You did that better than I could have ever done it. You had some practice. You practiced. You you had to practice. <laughs> Thirty story. I would have just I would have just said her name is Maria and then been done with it. Maria, yeah. So what does Maria came from? Where Chelsea? Chelsea, yeah. She wasn't getting too many games there at centre back uh, because they've got a fantastic partnership there that Emma doesn't like to really break up. It's a bit like us here with the Turners. Right, Our partnership. And so that's why Abby left us. And uh, Maria's hopefully going to try and break up our partnership. I mean, she has a lot of experience. She has some national team experience. She has, 
you know, um, and so for a lot of experience on the Chelsea side, uh, though, yeah, she wasn't playing very often, or uh, certainly probably not as often. She, is she going to break into the into the starting 11? I think I think in time she will. She's far too good not to put it that way. I think okay. she's definitely going to put pressure on both of the turners at centre back. And obviously you want to keep a settled partnership. And we've only got 10 games left now at the end of the season, putting aside the FA Cup, because we still don't know what's going on there. Could right. have one or, one or more games of that if we get that far, but let's just stick with the league games at the minute. So we've got 10 left, starting with Everton away. And I think she could play in that game because knowing Casey, she doesn't bring in players to not play them. Despite you know the problems we've had with Heath and Press, when they've been fit, they've played. When Orna's been fit, mm-hmm. She's played. Right. So when PC brings players in, she tends to play them more often than not. Haley Ladd came in, played. Right. We had Amy Palmer in that position. She left. Haley Ladd took over. So the two turners, I do believe, either one of them, will have to be up their game. And obviously, competition for places is always good. But I do believe, in due course, Maria will step in and be one of our main centre backs. She's a fantastic defender, and you can't ask for much more than that. So you mentioned what's next for the United women. Their next match is against Everton, correct? Yeah, Everton away. Touch wood, that goes ahead. That was That's a rearrangement of the one that was called right, off previously. Right. What are your expectations? What are your thoughts about that match coming up after today's um, match? Yeah, hopefully. I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be very difficult. Obviously, the last time we played Everton away, the Conti Cup, was not a good performance at all. And they beat us rightly. Uh, so hopefully we, we can actually step it up and we mm-hmm. can actually, you know, get another three points. It's going to be huge because I think City have got um, another, maybe West Ham, I think they've got. So it's And they're only, they're only five points behind with a game in hand, so you have to bear that in mind. Right. So if they win their game in hand, it's two, and they've got the derby as well, so they could overtake us with the right result. So it's all about finding consistency and having to win week in, week out. Right, so absolutely. It's terrifically hard against Everton. I mean, they've got mm-hmm. their players back now, Goyven's mm-hmm. back, somebody I rate very highly. They've got... Uh, some other midfielders, mind, mind blank as one does, but they've got a good team and they're getting back. And I'm, it's going to be very, very difficult. Yeah, I agree. I, I, I'm impressed with Everton when they have all their pieces in place. Oh. Uh, and they, they're going to be kind of like that spoiler we talk about in, in American uh, sports here, we talk about spoilers all the time. We talk about, you know, someone being a spoiler, being like someone who's not going to be a team that's not going to be looking to really challenge for a title or a challenge for a trophy, but then they knock off somebody in a key match and keep them from winning because they knock them off on a bad day. Um, and Everton is that team. Um, and, and they are impressive when they got all the pieces in place. Um, and, and so that will be, uh, it's going to be a, a, a challenge and, and hopefully I'm hoping, and I'm I, obviously you're hoping for the same is that the United team will be, be a little bit more energized, a little bit more spark to them uh, coming into that match. Tougher opponent, uh, I believe um, they played. They, I think they played each other in like the last match of the Conti Cup, kind of a dead rubber kind of situation, and, and it was a one nil. But Casey was really very disappointed in that match, even though it was a dead rubber game um, with Everton. So it, it should be very very interesting, uh, you know, coming up. So 
something to definitely be looking forward to. So as we wrap things up for Manchester's Burning for today, programming notes, definitely tomorrow, definitely tomorrow going to have a match reaction for Manchester City against Brighton. We're going to have Emma on from the Man City Women fan cast. Uh, again, backed by popular demand, or more so mine, uh, but definitely popular and so forth. She'll be back on tomorrow for that. Uh, so that should be very, 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 very good. Um, I think they, what, put 167 past uh, Brighton again. Um, so, um, but, you know, we'll be talking about that. Um, also looking at the FA Cup, we'll see what happens with Liverpool and United on the men's side today. That's coming up almost as we speak, uh, literally. Um, see how that plays itself out. There should be a match reaction coming out for that coming coming out you know, fairly soon, depending on whether I can get a guest on the Liverpool side or not, um, because that should be kind of fun uh, to do so, depending on the result, because it seems that my Liverpool friends have a tendency to kind of disappear when things don't go well. Uh, all right, so I, I'm, I'm, just, I'm, I'm, I'm trying not to take a shot. I'm, this is objective fact. You try to get a Liverpool fan on this show, when things go south, they're like, oh, 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 can't see him. Can't see him. No, we'll be here. If things don't go well for Manchester, this this pod will still be in place. And we'll yell and scream and rant and jump up and down and say how horrible it was uh, and so forth. But we'll still be here. All right. That's all I got to say about that. Uh I want to one shout out. I want to I, I want to do. I you know I, we kind of get a little political sometimes on this show. We talk about politics. We talk about culture and history on this show pretty, pretty relevantly or uh, frequently as well. You know, slip of the tongue, relevant, frequent. Mm. I, I I have a bizarre fascination with Russia. I, I I've had that since I was young. Um, there's a gentleman, opposition leader, in Russia, and I'm going to butcher his name. Sorry, Alexei. Navalny, he's an opposition leader politically to the regime, and it is a regime uh, in Russia to Vladimir Putin and uh, so forth. You've heard me talk about Russia. You've heard me talk about the connection between uh, Putin's Russia and Roman Abramovich, who is the owner of Chelsea. He's an oligarch. The only reason why oligarchs are in place is because of the graces of Vladimir Putin heard me talk about that. That is the connection to football in terms of Russia's concern. Alexei Navalny is currently incarcerated, currently incarcerated for his political views, currently incarcerated for daring to speak out against the Putin regime. And there are currently protests taking place in major Russian cities, including Moscow, as a result. Protests, when done peacefully, as I've mentioned before, are a great thing. Opposition leaders need to have a voice. They need to have a stage. They need to have the opportunity to be on the same level to compete for the popular vote of the people in that country, in that city, wherever you might want to put it. Putin does not want something like that. He is a dictator. He labels himself president, but he is not. He is a dictator. Point is, Alexei needs to be freed period. He needs to be freed. He needs to be allowed the freedom of expression, the freedom of the press, freedom of speech that all people should be allowed to have. That is my point on that going forward. Free Alexei Navalny in Russia. Uh, and we, we got to, 
I'm, I'm going to keep I'm keeping my eye on that situation. All right. Manchester's Burn is going to sign out for right now. As I said before, many, many times, you need to look at the light, see the light, know the light is there. Let the light become part of you. Also, know the darkness, acknowledge the darkness. Do not let the darkness hug you. But as I've talked about many, many, many times, if it does, get support, get help, do what you need to do, take care of yourself, take care of each other. And Manchester is going to be out now.